0: It is Sunday, September 26, 2010, and I've already run out of gags to open the show with.
1: (sighs) As we say in the radio business, if you put that on the radio, people will listen to it. All right, here it comes. Anyone who isn't dead or from
0: another plane of existence would do well to cover their ears right about now. Live on a little tiny microchip deep inside some electronics. Broadcasting Mark. to the world through the miracle of the internet. Ladies and gentlemen, this is U62, the TARD. Mark. 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 Now your host, a man with a lifelong dream of getting paid to do this, Mark Happens! On this week's show, we're talking about Superman, Batman, Apocalypse, the Katy Perry controversy, and Chef Gordon Ramsay. It's episode 4.03, Falling for Autumn. So sit back, relax, grab yourself some warm root beer and a towel that's oh so fluffy. U62 Natar, you're in for something special. Enjoy the show. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, Mark Campus here, and welcome to this week's episode of The Targ. How y'all doing today? I'm doing pretty good. You know, my signed the little bit of the intro there, that was a little bit genuine. Uh, what can I say? It really is uh, difficult trying to figure out what to come up with to fill a half hour's worth of podcast here. But then, you know, I figure in my day job, I show up at work every morning and figure out how am I going to fill six hours worth of radio. So really, why should a half hour's worth of podcast be that much more? difficult, huh? Besides, especially here on the podcast, I can rant about the things that I really want to talk about. Like, do you know what's coming out this week? Superman Batman Apocalypse. It is the latest DC comic straight-to-DVD animated film, and I can hardly wait. I've already been talking about through this um, entire series of straight-to-DVD animated films that Warner Brothers is putting out. I have bought each and every one they are all fantastic sadly though the best one to date has been the Wonder Woman one which kinda sucks because it didn't sell very well so that's why uh, Warner Brothers has said they're only gonna do ones now focusing on Batman and Superman cuz those are the most well-known characters and their sells well so which is really kinda interesting here taking a look at Superman Batman apocalypse coming out this Tuesday uh, basically because uh, Superman-Batman Apocalypse is based on the comic book storyline called Superman-Batman-Supergirl, uh, which finally introduced the Kara Zor-El version of Supergirl into the current DC Universe. Quick recap for you, Kara Zor-El is the most famous young lady to carry the mantle of Supergirl. Uh, she is the one who is best known as Superman's cousin. Of course, uh, when DC did their gigantic reboot in the mid-80s called Crisis on Infinite Earths, they killed her off. And it was only just uh, five years ago, was when the original comic was published, that DC finally lightened up and decided to bring a post-Crisis Kara Zor-El into things. And of course, so you have a brand new female superhero here in the DC universe. Who do you get to train her? Why? Wonder Woman, of course! So a lot of the film features uh, Kara Zor-El shipped off to Themyscira. Mascara, which is where the Amazons live in the DC Universe, and Wonder Woman trained Supergirl. So even though it's called Batman Superman and they are in it, a lot of the film actually focuses on Wonder Woman and Supergirl, which is just going to be totally awesome, I think, especially because I really like the first Batman-Superman team-up, which is called Batman-Superman Public Enemies. This all comes from the same comic book, and I'm sure it's going to be totally awesome, and it comes out this Tuesday. How excited am I about uh, getting this uh, DVD? I actually went to Amazon.ca and pre-ordered it. I never pre-order anything, but I pre ordered this. Well, mainly because I learned my lesson when it came to the last one, uh, Batman Under the Red Hood and that is by the time Saturday rolls around and I can go into Edmonton to buy the Blu-ray, it's generally all sold out at all of my usual DVD haunts. So this way, I know I'm going to get the Blu-ray. (sighs) Ah! Superman Batman Apocalypse. Gonna be awesome, I'm hoping. Uh, Let's do Too Hot for Radio now! Too Hot for Radio! Alright, let's get going here with Too Hot Fur Radio. Of course, these are all the new stories that come across my desk that are somewhat risqué, but you know, I just want to share them with the world because I'm a bit of an exhibitionist. First up, out of England, we have a game of Strip Monopoly that went horribly, horribly wrong. For those who never got drunk at a party in college, Strip Monopoly is just like regular Monopoly, only instead of paying rent, you remove an article of clothing. You know, a long time ago I think I saw a movie on the internet with a setup like that. I'll do anything to pay the rent this month, anything. This ain't Monopoly Triple X coming soon from Hustler. Anyway this particular game was being played by a man, his girlfriend, and the girlfriend's best friend. Uh, I've seen Chasing Amy, threesomes like this never go, r- never go right, getting all tongue-tied here just thinking about it. It wasn't long before all three were buck naked and this is where the action happened. Turns out this man would just not stop staring at his girlfriend's best friend's naked body. This made the girlfriend insanely jealous, snide comments were made between the ladies, and before you could say fancy feast, a cat fight broke out. Of course, the man seeing these uh, two women, you know, going at it, rather than, you know, being a typical chauvinist man and kicking back and watching, he tried to actually break them up. But you know, the noise was loud enough, the police were called, there the police saw one man, two women, a fight breaking out, the police jumped to the conclusion that he was an abusive boyfriend, so he was hauled off to jail and the ladies were sent off to a battered women's shelter. Of course, it was only when the case came to court that they finally embarrassedly admitted the truth. For those who care about monopoly strategy though, the man was the boot, the girlfriend was the battleship, and the girlfriend's best friend was the race car. I'll let you make your own joke about fast women. Next up we have a new study out of Europe here. You know what, I keep thinking maybe I should lose some weight in order to attract a woman. Maybe that's not the right thing to do. A new study out of the University of Turkey says that chubby men last longer in bed. Apparently, the chubbier man is, he's got more estrogen coursing through his veins. And apparently, estrogen is the body's way of thinking about baseball. If you want the hard numbers, apparently the average skinny guy climaxes after 1 minute and 48 seconds. The average chubby guy can hold on for 7 minutes and 28 seconds. That is darn near close to 4 times longer. So yeah, next time your lady complains about being over too quick, grab yourself a cheeseburger. And at my friends, is too hot for radio. You're listening to Mark cap This is the old days, and the bad days, the all-or-nothing days. They're back on U62. The Targ.
1: Hi, Elmo. Oh, oh. Hi, Miss Katie. Are you ready to play dress-up? Uh, dress-up? You said you wanted to play dress-up. Well, don't you? Oh, well, Come on, Elmo. Don't you want to play? Uh, about, what are you doing? Elmo! You...
0: That was Katy Perry and Elmo doing a special clean Sesame Street rendition of Katy Perry's hit Hot and Cold for the upcoming season of Sesame Street. Of course, I had to play this because I wanted to talk about this. Um, this almost falls into the too hot for radio category, but I have done this in my day job, so I guess it's clean enough for regular radio. And that is... um. The music video for that accompanying song managed to generate all kinds of controversy. Uh, basically, well, you can find it all over YouTube now, and that is, the outfit Katy Perry wears when she is singing with Elmo is, well, a lot of people felt that maybe it wasn't exactly appropriate for Sesame Street and for the youngsters. Essentially. It is an incredibly low-cut top. She is showing a lot of cleavage. And since a lot of the video features her chasing after Elmo, there is quite a bit of bouncing and jiggling involved. So, yeah, of course, uh, the parents really got upset about that. They're like, oh, no, you're subjecting my little snowflake to, well, human sexuality. So, of course, there was all kinds of controversy, and now... uh The Sesame Workshop, which produces Sesame Street, they have now announced that they will not be airing that segment in the upcoming season of Sesame Street. You know, both Katy Perry and uh, Elmo, they just kind of laughed it off, shrugged it off. I see the official Sesame Street YouTube channel no longer has that video, but Katy Perry still has it up at her official YouTube channel. So there you go, you can still check it out online. Maybe I'll put it up in my blog so you can check it out, uh, chaosinabox.blogspot.com. But you know what? This is something that has not gone away. Apparently they still want Katy Perry to be on Sesame Street. So they just announced today that they will be doing a special clean rendition of that um song where Katy Perry will be wearing a more tasteful outfit. Hopefully this time she remembers to throw on a sports bra. Let's do what's wrong with society.
1: What's wrong with society? I'm literally angry with rage.
0: Alright, do you want to know what's wrong with society this week? I, I, I'm asking you, do you want to know what's wrong with society this week? I'll tell you. What's wrong with society this week is time zones. Time zones are such a pain in the ass. Let me paint the picture for you. There it is, back on Wednesday night. I'm getting all snug, I'm in my PJs, I got my slippers on, I got my cup of tea, I'm sitting down to watch the season premiere of one of my favorite reality TV show addictions. Hell's Kitchen. So I'm going through the TV listings and I find something horrible. I only get Hell's Kitchen out of the western time zone. That means when you factor it into mountain time for my time zone, that means it comes on at 9 o'clock at night. Now you're probably thinking, hey Mark, that's not a big deal, what's so wrong with it being on at 9 o'clock at night? Here's my problem, because of my day job, I'm usually in bed by 8 o'clock at night. So tell me, do you really expect me to stay up late just to watch Hell's Kitchen? Do you want me to be tired and cranky like this pretty much all day at the job that gives me money and allows me to do this on the weekend? I don't think so. That would affect my job performance and that would lead to nasty things. But here, you know what? If it weren't because of those darn time zones, if it weren't because of the time difference between the West Coast and Alberta, I would have been able to watch Hell's Kitchen at the appropriate time time. So here's what we gotta do to fix society this week. We have to abolish time zones, get rid of them all together, put everything in the planet on mountain standard time, then I'll be able to watch all of my TV shows when I want to and that means I will be a much happier person. And society will be a much better place because I am a happier person. So there you go, that's what we gotta do to fix society this week. We gotta abolish time zones. Or you know, I could just take a closer look at the TV guide and see that, um, Hell's Kitchen is actually on again at an earlier an hour on Friday night. Or I could upgrade to one of those satellite dishes where I could watch everything out of Atlantic Canada, which is three hours behind me and then would be on nice and early at 6 o'clock at night. So I guess we don't have to do anything as radical as abolish time zones anyway. But still, wouldn't no time zones be much better? Because then you wouldn't have to always be changing your watch when you're flying overseas. Time zones. Who needs them? What's wrong with society? Brought to you by Cranky Pants brand underwear. Cranky Pants, now 30% tighter in uncomfortable places. You're listening to Mark Caffes. It's clear to all of you that I am awesome. On U62, the Targ. That's another one of my Disney kids, Demi Lovato, with So Far So Great here on U62 The Targ. That is, of course, the theme song for her Disney Channel show, Sunny With A Chance. Well, as I said a couple episodes ago, you know, all those Disney Channel sitcoms, they are my guilty pleasure. I usually get off work at one in the afternoon, they're right there on Family Channel, and they're good for napping through. Let's get to fishing in the discount bin. Fishing in the discount bin. Alright, time for my latest rant about the latest DVD I threw into my DVD player, Fishing in the Discount Bin. Now let me level with you. One time while surfing through one of my home theater forums, I came across the statistic that 60% of all DVDs sold are straight-to-DVD crap. I look at that statistic and I thought that was ridiculous. Really? All those crazy straight-to-DVD comedies and sequels that litter discount bins? People actually buy those? Then I looked at my own DVD collection and I realized that, yes, I buy those. Of course, the majority of straight-to-DVD films that I buy seem to fill that one category, one that's really sprung up in the past few years and is popular with a lot of geeks. I am, of course, talking about straight-to-DVD animated films that feature superheroes. I got a lot of those, and just the other day, I finally picked up one I've been waiting and waiting and waiting to come out, and that is called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Turtles Forever. See, last year, 2009, was a very important milestone in Ninja Turtles history. It marked the 25th anniversary of the Ninja Turtles franchise. So, of course, there was all kinds of celebratory stuff going on, Turtles Forever was the celebration on the animation side of things. See, there are two Ninja Turtle cartoons. There's the original one that premiered in 1987 that I grew up with, henceforth referred to as the 87 Turtles. And there's the recent reboot that launched in 2003 and had its final episode back in 2009, henceforth referred to as the 03 Turtles. So for our celebratory event in animation, here's what they did. They figured out how to have a crossover between the 87 Turtles and the 03 Turtles. And the end result was called Turtles Forever. So here's how it goes. In the 03 dimension, what happens is the villainous Purple Dragons, a street gang that's a front for the Foot Clan, manages to finally catch the Ninja Turtles. But here's the thing. These Turtles act and behave differently from the Turtles they know before because it turns out these are in fact the 87 Turtles! What happened was while they were battling Shredder and Krang, uh, Krang's trans-dimensional portal went wonky and the entire Technodrome and the Turtles were thrown into the O3 Turtles dimensions. So once the Turtles rescue their brethren, they start working on how to get them home. But the 87 Shredder has an idea. He figures that maybe if he can team up with the O3 Shredder, he can finally be rid of these turtles once and for all. But of course the O3 Shredder turns out to be quite the badass and is immediately pissed off with the 87 Shredder. So he takes over the Technodrome, he finally turns it into the badass weapon of mass destruction we always knew it was. But see, the O3 Shredder, something went crazy in his brain. It turns out that uh, the discovery of other dimensions and other Ninja Turtles has thrown him into a bit of an existential crisis. So he figures the only way to be rid of all Ninja Turtles once and for all is to completely destroy all of reality. Here's where things get awesome. So in order to destroy all of reality, he figures that all of these different universes branched off from a single universe, which he dubbed Turtle Prime. In order to destroy all of reality, he has to find Turtle Prime and destroy the Earth in that universe. So, of course, they all go to Turtle Prime, and in keeping with the original Eastman and Laird comics, it's in black and white because, of course, it's the universe of the original Eastman and Laird comics. It's all dark, it's all gritty, it's all Frank Miller-esque and the 84 turtles from the original comics team up with the 87 turtles from the original cartoon and the 03 turtles from the current cartoon and it's just more Ninja Turtle action than you can shake some nunchucks at. All in all, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Turtles Forever, is uh, quite the entertaining little straight-to-DVD movie. Kinda sad, though, that they weren't able to get any of the voice cast from the original 1987 cartoon. Apparently it was just budgetary concerns. All of the voice actors from the 87 cartoon have become superstars in the animation world, and were just not affordable. But they hired some pretty good impersonators, and I can say it is just funny as heck. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Turtles Forever, I highly recommend you rent it, especially if you're a Ninja Turtles fan. And that's it, we're done fishing in the discount bin. Fishing in the discount bin, brought to you by RentMoviesOnline.com Is going down to the video store too much social interaction for you? Rentmoviesonline.com. And that's Fishing in the Discount Bin for this week's episode of U62 The Targ. Welcome back. I am Mark Capis, and it's getting to be about time to wrap this up because I got to get home and watch Hell's Kitchen. You know, I was ranting about it a little earlier in the show. Yeah, this goes up on Sundays, but right now I'm recording this on Friday afternoon, and I really want to see it. You know, I think I uh, blogged about this in the past. Gordon Ramsay, the celebrity chef, originally... I found him quite scary. I mean, because in every promo for like Hell's Kitchen or any of his other TV shows, he's always yelling and screaming and cursing like a sailor, and I find that very intimidating. But I finally fell into the cult of Gordon Ramsay and started watching all his TV shows. It was about uh maybe a year, last year, two years ago. Two years ago, I was home for Christmas, just hanging out, chilling out on the couch, and I started watching his other TV show, Kitchen Nightmares. Kitchen Nightmares is actually quite fascinating because he goes to these failing restaurants and acts like a consultant, helps them turn around the restaurant. And that's uh, where I kind of fell in love with him because, you know, I was there, there was nothing else on TV On New Year's Eve, BBC America had the 24-hour marathon of the original British version of uh, Kitchen Nightmares, and the next day, New Year's Day, the Food Network had the 24-hour marathon of the American version. And you know, I really did find Kitchen Nightmares to be quite a fascinating show. I watched it a little bit in its past season in the spring here, and I tell you, for the American version, he really kind of phoned it in. Rather than showing up for a whole week at the restaurant like he traditionally did, he would only show up for like three days, do his traditional Gordon Ramsay rants, and then throw in a consultant. And in the little wrap-up at the end of the episode, they're like, "Ah, uh, yes, the consultant was able to help turn things around. So there you go. I had the same opinion of uh, last season of Hell's Kitchen, too. You know, typical reality TV show format, they would be thrown through a challenge, and then they would get a reward. The challenges were kind of lame, and for the rewards, Gordon Ramsay couldn't even be bothered to tag along. So there you go, I'm hoping that maybe for the new season starting tonight, they'll be able to turn things around. So there you go, yep, I become one of those reality TV junkies. After deriding it for so long, I finally watch reality TV. But, you know, taking a look at the clock here, I see we are just about out of time for this week's episode. Uh, Don't forget to check out the other corners of my online empire. There's the blog, chaosinabox.blogspot.com. You can follow me on Twitter, twitter.com slash chaosinabox. And don't forget the online hub of it all, chaosinabox.com. I'm Mark Kappas. This has been the Targ. I will see you next week. This brings us to the end of another exciting episode of The Targ. Don't forget you can download a new episode of The Targ every week at chaosinabox.com. The Targ is written and produced by Mark Kappas under the watchful eye of 42 Star Wars action figures. The Targ is a Chaos in a Box production.